0: Welcome to the Full Press Fantasy Podcast, part of the Full Press Radio Network. I'm your host, Kyle Senra, and joining me as always is my co-host, Alessandro Senator. Alessandro, how are you doing?
1: Pretty good, Kyle. I'm doing pretty good. How about you?
0: I'm really excited for tonight. I mean, I know we have one of uh, Full Press Coverage's premier writers on with us tonight. We're talking to New York Giants, and here to join us is Full Press Coverage Giants managing editor, Curtis Rawls. Curtis, how are you? I can't complain. How are you doing tonight? Oh, fantastic. I think uh, football's really getting close, and then we're moving along in these team-by-team series, trying to get uh, all of this done uh, for before the end of the week so people can, uh, can have all this information for their fantasy drafts in the next week and a half or so.
2: Okay, okay. Yes, we are uh, winding down. You know, the kids are back in school, football's coming, and now we're at the point where aren't isn't there going to be football on, like, every weekend through the Super Bowl now? You know, every Sunday till
0: February. Yeah. I'm a CFL fan, so I've already had football since June. But, yeah, for people who don't watch CFL, it's definitely football is finally almost back. Real football, not just the preseason.
2: <laughs> I wasn't going to mention that, but, yes, re- regular season would definitely, definitely be better than the
0: preseason. Definitely. And I- I mean the preseason is important, right? For teams it's their way to evaluate players and I know for the Giants it's definitely their way to get a look at all these receivers since uh Shepherd, Sterling Shepherd's been out with an injury and Golden Tate's going to face a suspension. So I know they're both kind of considered slot receivers, but uh you know, first do you have any updates about Sterling Shepherd's uh, health? At the moment,
2: uh, the last time I checked, everything is a go like uh he's you know He's still going to be ready for week one. Now, my concern with the Giants has less to do with uh, uh, Sterling Shepard and even Golden Tate, you know, when he comes back from his four-game suspension. Like, now, more than ever, because, you know, I I have to say it, because Odell Beckham is no longer a Giant, now... It's going to be by committee more than it ever has been. So even with, so even with uh, like I said, uh, Shepard's been injured and golden, not going to have Golden Tate for the first four weeks of the season. So then you have to start looking at, okay, what are you going to get from Benny Fowler or Cody Latimer or Russell Shepard? Even you know they, uh, the Giants have two receivers named Shepard. So, to me, that's, that's even of greater importance as far as who would be in the slot. I think that uh, Sterling Shepard and Golden Tate can operate with each other, even though they're kind of considered to be the same type of receiver.
0: Okay. So, now during these preseason games, and if they are, are they running three wide receiver sets? And if so, Who's starting uh, with the, with Tate and Shepard when he's on the field?
2: Well, Shepard hasn't he hasn't seen too much action in the preseason just because of uh, the injury. As far as their sets go, you know, I've been seeing more uh, more three wide more of that. And like I said, what I've been paying attention to is just what happens situationally. Especially since, like I said, you're you're going to be without basically your top two receivers for what amounts to a quarter of the season. And even though they are saying all the right things about Sterling Shepard being ready for week one, we still don't know what it's going to be like for him once he gets hit for the first time.
0: Yeah, that's true. I mean, football does take a physical toll. I mean, we've seen... <laughs> Saw it this weekend when the, with the surprise retirement of a certain quarterback. Uh, so, yeah. It's, yes. I mean, it is. Yes. You, you would think the Giants are going to be prudent with Shepard. I mean, how long is Shepard signed with them? Are they, Do they consider him sort of their number uh, one receiver long term?
2: He, well, after they dealt Beckham, then the next thing was, was like, okay, what's going to happen with Sterling Shepard? But... They signed him to a four-year, $41 million deal. And now the receiving core is basically going to be built around him, whereas before it was built around Beckham. So the team believes that he can contribute by being a leader on the team as well as someone who can produce every Sunday. I mean, we've, we've seen that a lot, basically, because Beckham only played uh sixteen games for the giants in his final two seasons. So they kind of got a dress rehearsal for Sterling Shepherd mid season, you know, while while they're while they're uh, going through the gauntlet and all.
1: Well, first off, what's up my New York brother? There's the Jets over here. Hey, hey.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Little um, Brother is more like it. <laughs> excuse me. Excuse me. <laughs> But, well well you know uh well i, I i'll what? say this what? and, and it, it's it's kind it's kind of it's kind of uh funny that uh we're on with the jets fan now i was born and raised in new haven connecticut the first jets not, giants
1: how you not a patriot fan man
2: because the patriots sucked the whole time oh, i was growing up <laughs> because, it, because 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 I didn't, I didn't like the Patriots. I didn't like Pat Patriot on the helmet. I didn't like their uniforms. You know, they were, they're called the New England Patriots. You know, maybe, like I said, I, I was born and raised in New Haven, Connecticut. That was the, the Yale Bowl, where Yale plays their football games, was the first preseason game ever played between the Giants and the Jets. 50 years, 50 years ago. Now, when that game happened... When that game happened, the Jets were coming off of that Super Bowl guarantee, and the Giants were in the middle of, I believe, like a 17-, 18-year postseason drought. But 50 years later... (laughs) Now we're both up that creek. (laughs) Yes, but we haven't always been there on the Giants' side. The Jets, uh, not so much. (laughs) i
1: mean the last time that we went was what 2010 and that's when we lost to the the um steelers
0: in the afc championship game and because i remember because the steelers lost to the packers in the super bowl and i'll brag about that anyway you can continue talking about new york
1: Back off cow. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, all right, hopefully all right, Curtis is right. going to neglect what happened the year after in the playoffs and not brag about that. Cause that was, uh, I, was, greatest a, I wasn't, I
2: wasn't going to, I wasn't going to say a word about it and, no, and, no. and I don't have to, I don't have to. No, no. All right.
1: All right. All right. Back to football, back to fancy football. So Curtis. We already talked about your wide receiver. But mm-hmm. I want. I want to get to your quarterback situation because I feel that's. A oh more,
2: boy, here we I know,
1: go. <laughs> I know. I know. I can get here, we go. Of it here we go. Sunday, but in all honesty, I know you got Eli. I know he's the goat killer. I know he's the, the man. But do you think he'll play the full year? Or we? Or I know you guys said that Daniel Jones won't won't be coming out. This is not his come out year. But do you think? that this is the year of Daniel Jones. And if it's not the year of Daniel Jones and they're staying true to their word, let's say that Eli does really bad and they're going to take him out. Is Alex Tanney or Kyle Lotta going to go in if they stay true to their word and not play Daniel Jones? Or is it going to be like a Daniel Jones situation and he's just going to go in?
2: Oh, wow. Mm. Yeah, I threw that curveball at you, huh? Wow. (laughs) Well, let's see here. Let's see here. First, I want to preface my comments by saying that I am not of the belief that Eli Manning is done. I just don't believe it. And before I get all kinds of... <laughs> whoever listens to this and they hear me say that, they're, they're going to think I've lost my mind. But... Eli is coming off of a career year. You know, he completed 66% of his passes and threw for, you know, threw for almost 4,300 yards. And he had the second lowest interception total of of any season where he started all 16 games.
0: So I don't necessarily...
2: Yeah, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. Although I yeah. wouldn't necessarily blame him for that. I think that's more on the O line. But
2: y- yes, uh, he was. He was. He 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 basically played behind me. <laughs> an O line. <laughs> an O line. Paul Cruz O line. That's what he did. Yes, but uh, but I-, I wanted to preface my comments with that. Okay. Now. The Daniel Jones thing. One, I think everybody needs to... He, he, Daniel Jones is a great quarterback. He, he, he basically sh- he showed everyone what the Giants saw in him. And that's all fine and good. But we also have to remember, this was the preseason. This is preseason. If he, if he has to... <laughs> if you throw him in there <laughs> in a regular season game, it's not going to be pretty. And how do we know this? We know this because 15 years ago, Tom Coughlin did the exact same thing to Eli Manning. Nine games in, the Giants were 5-4 and four with a shot at the postseason he decides Coughlin decides to take out Kurt Warner throw in Eli Eli winds up losing believe what like 7 of the team's final 8 games yeah now hindsight now hindsight is 2020 <laughs> but back then it was you know it, it it's already been shown that sometimes throwing a rookie quarterback into the fire is not good <laughs> with that being said this is the first time that Eli has ever faced any... You know, this is the first time he's ever really, really looked over his shoulder at somebody. Because, you know, even, with, even when they drafted Lawletta and Davis Webb in, in recent years, it's like, okay, they drafted a quarterback, but this guy's not here for my job. <laughs> it's not one of those type deals. Now, best case scenario is... Eli plays fine, the offensive line protects, Saquon Barkley runs, everyone catches the ball, and everything is all great. But we know at the first sign of trouble, the very first time he has a bad game, or maybe even a bad series, the fans are going to be clamoring to see Daniel Jones. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh... At what point would you throw Jones in? It, 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 I think it depends on a little bit more than whether or not Eli's playing good or bad. You have to take into consideration not only how the quarterback's doing, but the team's record, because the NFC East, as you know, anyone knows is, it can be it, it, it sometimes never goes the way it's supposed to. I personally think) I personally think Dallas isn't going to be as good. Philly might be the class of the division, and Washington's going to struggle a bit. But, you know, this is also, what, this is, what's today, August 27th. <laughs> a lot can change in between now and opening Sunday. But if the Giants have a chance, if they can, if they're not, you know, if, if they're not, say, you know, they're not sitting on top of the division, but they're a game or two behind, then you're not going to upset the apple cart. Now, if the Giants are doing horrible, <laughs> you know, if they're doing bad, and the postseason's a pipe dream by, say, the bye week, which I believe this year is week 9 or week 10, something like that.
1: Week 11, just after you guys play me. Oh,
2: oh yeah, that's right. That's right. We have, a, we have an away game against the Jets week 10 yeah
1: you put Snoopy <laughs> Bowl in my bowl not the, J- not the Giants bowl
2: the Jets bowl <laughs> you, you're, the only reason why you're saying that is because uh, the, the stadium that the Jets played in was named after the Giants for the better part of 35 years
1: I'm, just calling, it's it. Okay. I'm calling it the Snoopy Bowl because it's the Snoopy Bowl either way it's the Snoopy Bowl part 2 I should say because we already played in the preseason now we're playing in the regular season
2: Yes, and and but uh, you can expect some new tricks from Pat Shermer. I hope so. Per- well, this season, uh, th- the Giants will face three of their postseason opponents in the, and, excuse me, three of their preseason opponents in the regular season. You can't just give away everything in August, you know. Plus, you're you're not playing with any stars, and <laughs> you know, there's just uh there's just too much. But, yeah.
1: So, well, here's the thing. Talking about, you know, Eli and all that, let's say Eli does do poorly, and I'm just going to use the first half of the season, so going up to week eight. You guys play in Dallas week one. You got the Bills coming to MetLife. You go into the Buck Stadium week three. You got the Skins then the Vikes coming to you four and five. You're going up to Foxboro in week six. You got the cards with the newly minted Kyle Murray going <laughs> to MetLife, yeah. And then, uh, then you head, to, <laughs> then you head up to Motown for week eight. Should Eli do bad in any of those games? I could see your record being zero and eight, or at minimum four and four. Do you think Eli would? I mean, Eli would be taken out at that point, assuming you guys, you know, finally get all your starters back from suspension and injury. Do you think it's a time of sending Daniel Jones, or do you think it's still an Eli show through and through?
2: I think it will be the Eli show through and through until they are eliminated from postseason contention. Okay. Because uh, no matter what you can say about Daniel Jones and his throwing motion, his arm, you know, how pretty it looks, he's still just a rookie. And if the Giants have a sniff at life, <laughs> he's going to be their quarterback. And as far as, you know, you said uh, now you, you wanted to base it on the first half of the season. Now that game against the Patriots, that's a Thursday night game. Now I was you know, when I took a look at the schedule, I'm thinking, okay, if they get the breaks beaten off them. On national TV on a Thursday night, not saying that it would be the right thing to do, but it wouldn't surprise me if if, they'll, if, if, if the play is horrible, that they would make a quarterback change then. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me if it happened. Not to say that it would, not to say that I want it to, but you know I think that because... This particular regime with Shermer and Gettleman, they don't really have any loyalty to Eli, if you will. Like, uh, you know, in the past, it may have been, you know, you may have, you may have uh, had people in the front office who didn't want to, again, upset the apple cart. Now it's a little bit different. And not to mention Gettleman's legacy, as well as Shermer's, are tied into Daniel Jones. So uh-huh. let's
0: assume that this does happen. At some point during the season, Daniel Jones is put in. Uh, I would like to ask you, how do you think that affects the different receivers on the team? And I want to start with who I may consider their top receiver. I suppose Barkley is probably going to lead them in receptions, but in terms of a receiver downfield, I think <laughs> is is... Is it fair? Is it fair to say that Evan Ingram is their top guy? And if so, how will he be affected by Daniel Jones?
2: Hmm. <laughs> yeah, Evan Ingram. Now he's a he he's a rather interesting wild card because he he might be outside of Barkley, the Giants' most overall talented player on the offensive side of the ball. Now, if you throw in Daniel Jones, if you now he, I know that he took reps with the first team, you know, throughout the summer, but it's different in the game, it's different when it actually counts. I'm not sure if uh, I would say uh, changing quarterbacks would affect him because he's never, uh, he's never like played in a game with him it'll be more of a a learning curve on both sides. Like he's going to have to, you know, learn on the fly, all the concepts and everything they've been throwing at him in game. And at the same time, the skill position players are going to have to learn his tendencies and what he likes to do and what he's prone to doing.
0: I mean, the one thing about Evan Ingram is he did show improvement last year, uh, Now, he wasn't targeted nearly as much as he was during the 2017 season, and I know he lost some starts as well. There's some games where he didn't uh, get to start even though he was, you know. And there was that one weird game where he was uh, last-minute inactive, and I know that caught a lot of people off guard too, but a couple things that he improved on, his yards per reception, for instance, went up from 11.3 to 12.8 during his second season. Uh, His catch percentage went up from 55.7 as a rookie to 70.3. So it did seem like he was improving last year. And do you think he can make a, a third-year jump? Or do you think that maybe uh, if Jones does come out, that mitigates uh, the next step for, for Ingram and it doesn't allow him to reach that next level? Well, the thing is, the, the
2: Giants are counting on Ingram to reach that next level. Because remember, he's a first-round draft pick You know, in 2017. And they need him to, in, the, in, this, in this season, especially because of some of the wholesale changes that have been made, they really, really need him to be that guy that they envisioned. Now, does he have the talent to do it? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, from all accounts, you know, he's definitely, definitely a wizard at catching the ball. And his greatest flaw, if you will, was his blocking. And he's been, you know, he's been working on that. But he really, he, he has the potential if all things are equal, and I believe no matter who's throwing him the football, he could become, or he has a good chance to become the first tight end to lead the Giants in reception since Jeremy Shockey, I believe that was like in 4 or 5 So he's got, he's definitely got the talent. He needs to take that next step. He needs to, you know, provide that evolution in his game.
0: He probably is going to see, again, he had 115 targets as a rookie. I I feel like he's probably going to get close to there, even with the presence of Barkley, who may be the only player that's going to prevent him from leading the team in receptions.
2: Yes. uh, Well, anytime you've got a player like 26 coming out of the backfield, that's uh, that's definitely, uh, you know, he's he's going to get most of the touches and he's definitely going to be keyed in on the other team, which is why it is of the utmost importance for all of the giant skill players like they have to produce because you don't want the one thing you don't want happening is you do not want to run Saquon Barkley into the ground. Now he said, you know, I don't care if it's 250 touches or whether it's 400 touches, they should care (laughs) because you want, you want to have this guy around for, you know, 10, 12 years. You don't want to, you don't want to wear him out. And if the, if he's, you know, if he's carrying uh the load on offense by himself, that's a recipe for disaster. <laughs> you know <laughs> the when the Giants were one-dimensional offensively, they were always easy to beat. You know, even when they had Beckham, it's like, okay, we can't stop him, but we can stop everybody else. And that's just it it's just it just won't be a good look for them.
0: And that's true. And I mean I think Evan Ingram for a tight end actually provides a very unique skill set for his position. I mean, he can get down the field pretty quickly. He's really fast. Definitely helps stretch the field for Barkley. So uh, even if the receivers are handicapped, if Shepard's not back, Tate's still in suspension, as long as Evan Ingram can draw defenses away, it's probably going to open up a lot. What's needed for Barkley. I don't really want to focus too much on Barkley because I think everyone knows how great he is. Uh, But uh, the real (laughs) question fantasy-wise regarding Barkley is, does he deserve to be the first overall pick in every draft? Of course. <laughs> and, of course. I, and again, I, I think a lot of people are Why doing not? that.
2: Uh,
0: I know Christian McCaffrey breaking a record last year for receptions by a running back certainly poses an argument. Alvin Kamara being in that Saints yes, offense that, also. Okay,
2: okay. That, that might be true. But uh, Barkley did something that was pretty impressive in his rookie season. Mm-hmm he became just the third rookie with more than 2000 yards from scrimmage third. And who are the other two? You might ask one is the hall of fame running back, Eric Dickerson. And the other is my personal favorite running back who should be in Canton Edgerin and James. Ah. So it's yeah. Mm. <laughs> so if they wanted to, now, I'll be the first to admit, and, and uh, Kyle, we talked about this. Now, I'm not the fantasy football guy. I'm not. My, my version of fantasy football is Madden.
0: <laughs> but, I think that's true for a lot of people, I, too. Yeah,
2: But I, I know enough about it that uh, a player like Saquon Barkley, if you can take him first, you do it. <laughs> I'm not just saying that because he's a giant alessandro but i am <laughs>
0: <laughs> we i definitely consider him 101 and i mean i mentioned mccaffrey broke a record for receptions by a running back well barkley also broke a record last year receptions by a rookie running back he ended up with what 90 catches which i think 91. still ends up in the top one. 10 all time of rookie of uh receptions by running back overall so he's not too far off of where mccaffrey is either so um certainly uh he possesses a lot more athletic explosiveness than McCaffrey. And that's saying a lot because McCaffrey is quite an impressive athlete. And, you know, Kamara has that too. So really, I think, I think between those three, you can't really go wrong. But uh, there's a certain level of comfort in what what is the perceived volume that Barkley is going to get with the Giants this year.
2: Well, now, I don't believe this. I'm going to tell you something. I don't believe this will happen, but it is something that's worth taking a look at. Now, the record, the single-season record for uh, yards from scrimmage was set by Chris Johnson in 2009. And it's like 2,500 yards, something like that. And there are people who believe Barkley can get pretty close to it, if not break it. I personally don't think he will, because, again, if he does, then that means everything is just haywire. And I don't. It won't. It would be good for him
0: to break that record. It won't be good for the Giants' season if he does. And it's funny you should say that because it seems like with running backs and fantasy football and what it matters in real football, things are kind of heading opposite. I know running back is so important in fantasy football, and really with the way that running backs are being paid and all these contract holdouts. It doesn't seem like the NFL agrees with that statement, but it's also funny because we mentioned McCaffrey broke a record last year, but a lot of those games where he was, you know, the best running back in fantasy football, it was when the Panthers were in the middle of a seven game losing streak. I mean, they started the season six and two and finished seven and nine. And it was during those, that, 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 one in seven stretch that they were in that that McCaffrey got most of those receptions. So even though he had success, the team wasn't. So I definitely see that argument could be the case with Barkley, and I think maybe that's why that gives Kamara such a good reason. And because if he has a great season, it's because his team's winning. So maybe there's a there's some comfort in that with Kamara. Either way, I don't think there's a wrong choice with any of those three. Um, and it, it, I mean, this is a debate that can continue to go on and on. So I'll let Alessandro take over now. Alessandro, is there any question that you want to ask, Curtis?
1: Yes, there is actually. Um, so your defense is. I'm gonna gonna be nice because I I don't know what the best. Well, no,
2: no, no, you don't have to be nice. Listen, listen, I know Lawrence Taylor is not coming out that tunnel. And listen, I wish the sack let, exchange let, would come let, out. That let, let's be let's be real about it. <laughs> I know, and trust me,
1: I want the sack exchange to come out the tunnel for me too. But that's not going to happen either. But all right, all right, fine. I'll, I'll just go be honest. Your defense is kind of laughable. I mean, you guys lost. You guys gave away Landon Collins. You traded away um, two linemen, Eli Apple. I mean, you lost a lot of your actual star talent. And I mean, it's it's a mishmash, and this is how you know new star talent is made when the when the old star talent is gone. But this is like a dark hole. I mean, you got Jabril Peppers from that blockbuster trade where you guys gave up OBJ, and you got Alec Ogletree, which is a good inside linebacker. You know, he could command a field, and then you got the rookie Dexter Lawrence. You guys picked up in the first round, which is. Uh, uh I'm going to I'm going to stop right there cuz I'm not a fan of Clemson or Clemson players cuz I've been burned by too many of them. <laughs> I've been burned by too many of them.
2: But you know I have I, a friend who would not like you saying that about Clemson players. <laughs> bring it. I I live
1: in Gamecock country.
2: Anyway, well. Oh. <laughs>
1: Anyways, but um yeah, this defense scares me and I, I normally don't get scared by defense is not in a good way. I mean, this is a, this is a very bad way. I need you to convince me to grab your defense or else I'm going to start writing in my articles that every time the Giants defense goes up a quarterback, grab that quarterback. Like I, I, I need something here. I, need, <laughs> I, I Honestly, man, I need something here. I mean, wow. you got, you got good safe. You got a good strong safety. You're, you're, you have
2: two good corners. You got at least... Well, 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 one of, well, I hope when you say two good corners, one of them is, is Janoris Jackrabbit Jenkins. Yes, and the other
1: <laughs> one's DeAndre Baker.
2: Yes, now... After that, it's a, a crapshoot. Come on now. <laughs> Be real with me. Come on. Now. Well, I'm not. Well, OK. In, in all fairness, in all fairness, you are absolutely right. <laughs> the defense is. Well, he, he, here's the thing. Here's the thing. James Betcher, he's the defensive coordinator. He is entering his second season with the team. Now, I'm, I'm not saying that as an excuse. I'm saying it because, okay, uh, you know, I, 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 I read the blogs and I surf the net and people really, really have little to no faith in the Giants' D. I will tell you that I believe they're going to be better than people will give them credit for. We got two good corners and say what you will, Jackrabbit is a pick six waiting to happen. Oh yeah. I have no doubts.
1: I mean I, I, I like him. He's a he's a really good guy. Uh I, I, I'm all in support of him. It's uh the rest of your guys, uh Grant Haley,
2: Sam Beal, Corey Ballantyne. Um Okay, now Corey Ballantyne. Corey Ballantyne. Now he he's he now the, the the rookie out of Washburn. Now he, he he's had the highest of highs and lowest of lows, you know. He gets drafted later on that night. He's involved in a shooting. He's wounded. Oh, His that best friend is killed. About him. Yeah. Now, Valentine. Ballantyne's a baller. He's a baller. Now, will he will he make the team? Hmm, he probably will. Um, I'm 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 thinking he may start out as a special teams contributor, but you know, he, get, he gets in that 53-man roster. He, he's going to show you some stuff. He's going to show you some stuff. Now, Bill, see, he was, he was picked up in the supplemental draft, and this cat hasn't really been on the field that much. <laughs> so I can't, uh, I can't, uh, I just can't. Yeah, I can't because I, I don't have anything to base it on. So the so
1: defense as a whole, do you, I, I know you said it's going to do better, but is it going to – all right, let's break it down like this. Is it going to be better in the secondary or is it going to be better up front? Do you think this defense is going to be able to stop the run and that's why people should shy away from it when it comes to running backs when they play you guys? Or should people be concerned about their quarterback – when when they play you guys, let, let let's break it down like that because I think I think this defense is um different, and we need to break it down like this for fantasy. <laughs> pur- I, I, we gotta break it down for fantasy purposes.
2: Mm, if I had to pick one today, right now, I would say at stopping the pass, just because you've got again, like I said, you got uh. Jack Rabbit, that's, that's six points waiting to happen back there. The 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 uh, as far as you know, rushing the quarterback. Uh, I can't lie; it's still. <laughs> Ask me that question in like two months. I I I I would need to. I need to see it. I need to see it.
1: So you well, would go, you would go for watch out when watch your quarterbacks and wide receivers when you guys get played this year, you know, just like it, it yeah. could hamper it. You guys have the ability to hamper quarterbacks and um, wide receivers in their gameplay. Yes. Which is pretty much a, a very big bread and butter of
0: uh fancy football. <laughs> but conversely, I think that means if you see a running back playing the giants and what you're saying, Curtis is don't be afraid to play that running back.
2: Well <laughs> uh, from what I've seen, from what I've seen, if uh I that might be a true statement if they're playing like an elite running back. You know, it, it would have to be you know, it have to be, you know, your zinks you know, someone like that. You know, the, the guy the Yeah, the guy, the guys who basically run ruckshot through everybody. you know if it's someone not of that caliber i mean eh, it depends but i also realize we're talking about for the purposes of fantasy football so there's a there's a little difference
0: with that so i have one last question i know it's usually a question that you ask alessandro but i kind of want to make it a little bit more specific so one thing we normally ask is Uh, Who's a a deep sleeper on the team That could make an impact in fantasy football That people really aren't talking about And it seems to me that uh, As you mentioned with the absence of Sterling Shepard Potentially at the start of the regular season Although we'll see that But we know that Golden Tate's missing four games Is there a receiver that or If there is a receiver on the team that could step up Who would you put your money on If you had to bank on one of those other guys You mentioned a few names at the start If you had to pick one of them for the first couple weeks Who would you tie yourself to
1: Kyle, Ooh. it's the dark horse. Ooh. Who gave me the dark horse, man?
2: Ooh, mm, the dark horse. Ooh, mm. well, the good thing for the Giants is that they have a plethora of talent at their disposal at the receiver position. So that's why choosing the dark horse is kind of difficult. Because any any one of them could do it, I would put my money on Benny Fowler. He's the one that I would, uh, yeah, because he's he's uh, you know, he's just on a one year deal for like eight hundred thousand dollars, but he he's also he's uh, caught two touchdowns in the free season. You know, runs routes kind of good, speedy. Yeah, so if anyone would uh, take that step in the first four games of the season, I would put my money on him, on Benny Fowler. Benny Fowler, Mm, and I'm looking
0: at, I'm looking at their early schedule too. I'm looking at particularly week three at the Buccaneers, and that's not a a really strong defense. Maybe they'll improve, but uh, maybe for. DFS, daily fantasy sports player, Benny Fowler might be a name to know for that week three. If it, you know, see how he does the first two weeks with Golden Tate out. If he seems like he's getting targets, maybe Fowler's a really cheap option week three.
2: I would also, I would also, if I can, I would put uh, Fowler at 1A and at 1B, I'd have to take Cody Latimer just because you know, he was on the team last year and while he doesn't – he didn't particularly have any type of eye-popping stats. You know, he didn't just come at you. He was – you know, he was pretty solid. He did what he was supposed to do. And because of situations that happened in the offseason and losing receivers for the first four games of regular season, I expect his number to get called on a little bit more. So you could – uh one A is Fowler and one and the uh, one B is Cody Latimer, and
0: that's it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well uh, we appreciate uh, you pointing out both Benny Fowler and Cody Latimer to us, and you know fantasy folks listening, just uh, you know keep those keep those names written down somewhere, just remember to check in their progress, see their stats through the first couple weeks, and see if they're worth picking up. So Curtis, do you have any final comments? And if not, do you want to? plug your Twitter account and talk about some of the work that you've done? Oh,
2: well, oh, I thought this was just, uh, I thought this was just all giants all the time. I didn't know I was going to talk about me too. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, let's see here. Um, uh, my Twitter handle is curolls rolls two Oh three. Uh, you know, I'm kind of, uh, I've been dealing with some health stuff, so I haven't been uh, been able to put out as much material as I want to, but I'm getting it under control and, you know, I'm going to, going to definitely be at it. Uh, as far as my work goes, I mean, I just, uh, <laughs> I'm, the, I'm what they call the resident uh, obituary writer.
0: <laughs> well and i mean we joke about that but uh honestly one of the best pieces of football literature that i've ever read was your uh tribute to bart star that was released earlier this year and you you encapsulated his life so perfectly it was uh it was great to read and i remember as the the packers guy i almost felt oh it was my responsibility but then i uh, you know I, it kind of happened just as i became the, the managing editor and i saw it out and i don't think i would have been able to write it that perfectly it was it was definitely meant to be delivered by you so um well, I know your, your
2: work is, is great. Well, well, thank you. The thing is, whenever I write those types of pieces, the, the research is what takes a while. You know, the actual writing of it, it doesn't take a long time. The research, on the other hand, can take hours. So I find that when I do it, I'm kind of educating myself. You know, like you said, uh, with Bart Starr, you know, he, uh, he stopped playing for the Packers before I was born. <laughs> and it's like, I know who he It's like, I know who he was. I've heard his name, but I didn't really know that much about the man. So when you start, you know, going through and, you know, pulling research from this source and that source, and it's like, you know, it, it's just so, it's, it's overwhelming. And it's usually not until after I finish writing And I put it out there that I go back and look at it and it's like, whoa, this was, you know, it's educational for me, too.
0: (laughs) Well, yeah, and I definitely learned some things about Bart Starr's life in that article. And I noticed you just put one out for Cedric Benson as well. So I encourage people to go and look at not just his obituaries, but all of Curtis's work. yes
2: uh yes uh you know we you know there are you know we are going to have some things planned for the giants obviously and you know uh i'm a fan of college basketball so you know go tar heels (laughs) so you know basically i uh my main love is the the, the, that is the giants but i like to think that i can fill in wherever you know because uh Yes, uh, I've been a Giants fan. I started following the team in, like, 1981. I'm I'm probably giving away my age now. (laughs) But uh, that's when I started following the team. It's the reason why I was never a Patriots fan, because even as a kid, I understood, okay, you pick a team, you have to kind of stick with them forever. And...
1: I'll let you be a Jets fan. (laughs) We play in the state stadium.
2: I'm afraid not. Uh, L- L- Lawrence Taylor was cooler than Mark Gastineau. <laughs> Ooh, I can't even argue with that.
0: <laughs> I mean, no one can. <laughs>
2: you know, no, L- L- Lawrence Taylor was cooler than Mark Gastineau. That's... But, uh, I, I, but, that uh, that's, that's gotta count for something. You know what I mean? Uh, if it means anything, I don't know what Mark Gastineau is doing with his time right now, if, if that means anything. I, I don't know. Like, I don't even. I don't know what he did after he retired. I mean, at least Lawrence Taylor was in any given Sunday.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Not necessarily for the best reasons, but at least we knew who knew about him.
1: <laughs> well, well, I hate. To, I hate. I hate to tell you what he's doing, but um, he um he he had developed cancer, and um, oh. I think I I, th- I think he just got the all clear from the doctor. So. Um, but I know he was a, I know he was a business owner, and then I think he developed some kind of cancer. I'm not entirely sure, but I know that he was in the hospital treating an illness.
2: Oh, yeah. Best wishes for a speedy recovery. I do. Rem- I do remember uh, watching him. You know, th- th- this was way back when there was only like one game on Sunday. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. I don't know if you guys are old enough to remember. You know, the NFL today with Brent, with Brent Musburger saying you're looking live at. I, I don't know if you guys are old enough to remember that.
1: Now I'm showing my age, and and, <laughs> and uh, he's been battling colon cancer. That's uh, that's what it was.
2: So oh. that's- yeah. <laughs> best wishes for a speedy recovery. But you uh, know, like I said, uh, I'm here. Uh, go Giants! <laughs> the Super Bowl is not an unrealistic goal.
0: <laughs> like a true Giants fan, we appreciate you all your <laughs> excitements. <insight, Kurt. laughs> you well,
2: made well it. thank you, and and uh, I'm I'm no fool. I I I, I, I know that uh, the fans are supposed to think their teams have a chance, but when we uh, put on our analyst hats, we have to look at things objectively.
1: <laughs> always.
2: <laughs> and that's well, always- Well, thank you. Fa- oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, go ahead. Oh, well, uh, that's it. Uh, I was okay. going to say thank you for having me. You know. <laughs> Uh, you, you've shown great love to somebody who admittedly doesn't know much about fantasy football.
0: But again, I mean, we're here for the that real information that uh sometimes you know is beyond the numbers. We want to know who's playing, and you've answered all our questions quite well. And, and I know I'm pretty happy that you came on. I'm sure Alessandro thinks the same. I don't have to speak for him though. He does. All right, well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so Curtis, thank you for coming on to the Full Press Fantasy Podcast. We're part yeah, of the thank full, you. We're part of the Full Press Radio Network. You can follow mm-hmm. the podcast on Twitter at FPC underscore fantasy pod. Uh, be sure to follow FP coverage and to get all the latest full press coverage news, articles, and content. Uh, you can follow myself, Kyle Center at Nyama underscore KS. You can follow Alessandro Senator at AM underscore senator. And our absent partner, Dean Williams, at FPC Eagles. So thank you all. Uh, Be sure to uh, listen to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts on various different sites and live on the Full Press Radio Network. So for Alessandro, for Curtis, and myself, Kyle, thank you for listening to the Full Press C Podcast.